This week on Indie by Designs Gaming, the podcast, we are talking about remakes, remasters, and reimaginings. What are the meaningful differences between them? Are publishers using the correct terminology, or at least the terminology that makes most sense for the player? And what value do they hold today, and why are they now so common? You can get involved in the conversation by visiting us on Twitter. We are at Indie by Design. And also don't forget to check out our website, IndieByDesign.net, to take a look at all the video game books that we write and publish. So, on with it, and let's talk about remakes. Video game remakes and remasters, uh, and there's a distinction between the two that we will get to shortly, um, can often be used as a force for good. They can be a thing that enhances or at least um, builds on the original source material, at least in terms of video games. Uh, but sometimes they can also feel, if they're done badly, they can feel like just a cash grab and something that's rushed out the door to fill the gap in between franchise installments, for example. So, John, what's your, what's your kind of your overall take on, on remakes, remasters? Where do you think the, you know, where, where have you seen them be used as a force for good versus uh, just being used as something to fill the time? A force for good. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever... Ambitious. Yeah, never thought of that as a as a label for them, a force for good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, they take a lot of different forms, um, don't they? And, and in recent years, they've had a, not a resurgence, really, because they weren't really that common, but they've sort of, sort of, push themselves to the very forefront of gaming i suppose like some of the biggest releases now are are can be put into the remake camp um so i guess for me i mean the most obvious ones um resident evil uh one two three but particularly resident evil two and three i think are interesting as remakes demon souls final fantasy 7 remake um catherine full body as well um mm-hmm. They're all very. So they're, they're, that's where, like the the actual original source material is being uh, is being used to build kind of a new thing, right? Or it's being built upon. It's not just being yeah reskinned, yeah, and made shiny. Yeah. So video game remakes tend to go in those different camps, don't they? They tend to be like the remaster that often people call mm. a remake, but I think that's actually a fallacy. That's not that's not a remake um that is that's the equivalent of a film being released in 4k or whatever that's that's like the blu-ray release and it was previously only on dvd or vhs or whatever i wouldn't and some games call themselves remakes but they're not remakes they that's just um a visual sort of paint job yeah so the last um, of us remastered on ps4 it was originally a ps3 game on ps4 that was definitely a remaster and then there's now talk about there being a new version of the original last of us uh maybe that's just again a straight remaster of just it's mm. now on ps5 and looks even prettier than it did before um but it would be far more interesting if it was a if it was a remake but yeah and i think that those sort of games those sort of remasters that form of remake have a benefit in that um, people that couldn't play those games, like maybe they don't have a PS3 or whatever, and that can now see it, can now play the game again in a largely its original form, but with some extra bells and whistles on to make it more palatable. Because, you know, video games go out of fashion or go out of taste very quickly, less less so now, but very quickly because of the sort of innate technological nature of it. Um but yeah, the interesting ones are the full-on, uh, are like the reimaginings, like Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's taking the original source material, 
but reimagining it. And I think actually the remake label in in that in that game, again, because different companies, different game developers, different publishers use remake in different ways. Actually, the remake label for Final Fantasy VII remake, I think, actually potentially does it a disservice because you can think, oh, okay, they're remaking that original game, mm-hmm. but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're not making that game again at all. They're making those characters. And kind of that same plot, although it's changed quite a bit, and those locations, um, they're, they're reusing those. But they, the way that they interact, the way that you interact with them, everything, um, the goals of the game, the pacing, everything is, you know, the, even the genre to an extent is completely different. Um, so I think in that uh, reimagining is actually more fitting a title for that because it's almost like taking the original story and reimagining it as a whole new um a whole new entity um, yeah and also do you think that ties into because you know final fantasy 7 is now what a 24 year old game the yeah, original 95 that came out so oh okay even, older I than it was that. 97 so even yeah even 26. further than so so is that part of why there's been a no um, actually right it's 97 PS5 no, came out in 2024 odd years. Yeah. So is that is that part of the reason why there is more because it's not a resurgence, is it? You're right. It's not a resurgence, but more of just a they're becoming more popular. There's because there's now more history to draw on and more yeah. very uh pertinent history, very like history of, you know, some of the pinnacles of video games from the 1990s. Um and they can be there's something to to actually do with them it's not just oh here's a you know here's a ps3 upgrade of a ps2 game it's like we can actually do something with this we actually now have the time this is this has established itself as a cultural as an item of cultural significance in the video game landscape so let's do something that really um pays it the kind of respect that it's due rather than just a fresh lick of paint and so as we kind of go you know as we the further we get along the line and the, the longer video games are around there's more back catalogue to do that with like and yeah so that's perhaps part of why we see these things happening because it's because they can because there is significant distance between you know there are quite literally people that weren't born who are now playing video games who weren't born when the original final fantasy 7 came out and and this something you said the other day when we were talking about this is i think a very relevant point as well about the the technological barriers to just being able to go back and play that original game because it's not as simple as mm. what if you've got a DVD player or even, you know, even a, a VHS player, which is still, you know, it's not uh, it's not unheard of. But <laughs> but going to buy a PS1 and then finding the PS1 version of that game that works on that machine and a memory card and like it's there's a lot of stuff that you need. There's a lot of hardware obstacles to get over yeah yeah there definitely can be i mean on final fantasy 7's one final fantasy 7 is quite easy to find because it is on playstation store it's on CSO and everything but there are examples of that for sure like metal gear solid is very difficult to play the original game without a ps1 you can download it on gog now and i did download it on gog and played all the way through it but it's a terrible terrible port like getting the control scheme up and working on the controller is a real pain like takes a long time you have to use like an an external program uh, external from the game to map your controls to it and you have to like memorize what buttons are what um it's like what actions are what outside of the game which is a real pain and definitely a real pain for 
don't want to do anyone a disservice, but you know, the average user, um, unless you're au fait with a lot of that stuff, it's going to be a real pain. And also the graphics are worse on the GOG version. Yeah. The graphics are worse yeah, on the PS1 version, which is just insane. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, yeah. So the re- realistically, I guess, or not realistically, but the people that that's most likely to appeal to who are most likely to jump through those hoops to do that are people that already played the original and remember it fondly and have an affinity for it and want to re-experience it rather than somebody who didn't get to play it first time round to ask them to jump through those hoops is like it's going to impact their experience immediately to have to do all that before they can even play this game they've heard so much about so in those instances a remake can just as a quality of life thing can do can do a great deal and you know the currently that that is rumored the metal gear uh solid remake is a thing that that may be happening um yeah and i I think i mentioned a couple of episodes ago actually i've been playing the uh, Ghosts and Goblins uh, remake on Switch, which has done is that's a very well done remake. It's a it's it takes the original source material, but it does, as you mentioned, different video game fashions come and go, and it does uh, it simultaneously kind of sands off some of the harsh edges that came from the original game being an arcade game like that. You know, it was never meant to be. Or it wasn't designed to be a game that you sat and uh, kind of seamlessly progressed all the way through. It was meant to be a thing where there were spikes of difficulty to make you put more money in the arcade machine. You know, mm. like it's it's quite a, it, that was factored into the design, and so that some of that has been been smoothed out. Whilst it still retains its it being incredibly difficult, there is just some stuff that it means you're not going to be throwing the controller across the room. In yeah anger that you yeah. might have done once upon a time yeah so i think there's a couple of things there because there's there's yeah the hardware <clears throat> the nature of video games and it's hardware centric reality does play into both of those things it yeah as you say it, it, it can alter the game design so that it actually makes less sense less sense in comparison to its intended game design document on a new piece of hardware than it did on the original piece of hardware like an arcade machine it's a very clear example of that um but also because video game hardware changes all the time, not only on the console side, but also on the PC side. Um, like in the, in the last sort of decade and a half, it's been fine. But, you know, there wasn't that long ago where you had to use special emulation software and stuff to run older games like, you know, the Monkey Island games and whatever. Um, so, yeah, trying to play an original Metal Gear Solid for someone who wasn't around to play it in the PS1 era is um is an issue to play it in that original form i mean cynically you can say <clears throat> that that feels like a bug but it's actually by design because video game companies hardware manufacturers make more money if you have to keep buying remakes of games all the time because the hardware is now defunct um so you can you can sell the same game to someone five times if you keep replacing the hardware. Uh, yeah. And that does happen, right? There are bad, there are versions or examples of poorly done or things that just feel like they're rushed out the door or things that feel like they've just been inserted in between two franchise entries because we need to refill the coffers and we need some money to fund development for something yeah. else. The Silent Those Hill are the remakes. Poorest. The Silent Hill yeah. trilogy was yeah, a joke. Um, the Metal Gear yeah. Solid one's not great either. Um uh yeah so yeah you do get those those bad and it does become a problem with the hardware so you sign it's kind of by necessity almost that you need remakes 
in order for people to um play those games but it can be they can be great you can release almost the same game again and have a clever little twist on it and for both newcomers and people who mm. experience the original game it's great like again catherine full body is that yeah. it's it's yeah. largely the same game um if if it's the first time you've ever played it um i don't think you'd you'd feel like oh the the full body bits of the game like it wouldn't yeah. feel like oh i i can see immediately what bits are tacked on here um because yeah. it's not tacked it's, it's on. like a director's cut right like it's like a these are the bits it's not just yeah here's 20 minutes tacked on the end it's here's this thing woven through or the you know the Zack snyder cut of justice league or whatever it's like it's that it's done in that way and it enhances hopefully if it's done well it enhances the whole thing yeah and like you say it gives those people that have played it reason to go back and do so again yeah and i think the, the best thing about catherine four is is the writing quality so they've weaved this new character in but without actually changing much of the original character's dialogue well vincent's yes but the but the other two catherine's their dialogue don't really doesn't really change that much um and yet they managed to weave this character really cleverly into the writing in a way that manages to impact all characters and your perspective of the entire situation um and that that can't have been an easy writing job that like that's not easy to just go through something that existed and is a complete experience and then to add a whole new character in there but keep the actions of the original story uh, involving the other characters pretty much the same like that's not um so that's not an easy piece of work does that approach kind of the Catherine 1.5 style, you know, that it's not like it's a remake, but, but there's added content. It's not a, uh, the base thing is, is the same and there has been progression and there is more going on than there was before narratively. So is that, like, where does that even sit? Yeah. Cause with, I don't know if I would describe that as count. more. Yeah, I don't know if I'd describe that as more content because it's not like, and now here's the DLC that we released as now mm. part of a definitive mm-hmm. edition or whatever. It's not, it changes the actual fundamental of the story. The actual experience is markedly different for that change. Yeah. Um, so it's not like just a kind of volume based expansion. Mm. It's a, it's an experiential change. Um, and I, do, I can't really think of any other examples like that, really. Like, there are other games that have had, like, characters added and stuff, like a bunch of RPGs and stuff have characters added. Um, but they are just kind of team party members. They don't change mm. the plot, really. Um, and there's definitely those ones where it's, it is like, here's the DLC. Here's, like, the Game of the Year edition, which has got the added DLC. And in something like, you know, The Witcher 3, like here's a couple of whole other areas you can go to that were DLC, but that are now kind of have been have been properly um, sort of subsumed into the world. And they're still gated to an extent. You still need to get to a particular point in the story. But once you have, uh, you can experience that in as part of an integrated whole rather than I've got to the end of the main quest line. I need to go and do this. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that that's not that kind of... That isn't. Let's remake the, the original thing and and add new stuff. That's just a let's bring it all under one roof. And yeah. that was quite. A, I don't know if it has that kind of gone out of fashion because that was quite a popular. That you know almost to the to the point of the kind of the typical like refrain would be well I'll buy this you know I'll buy the the game of the year edition of this in 
a year's time with all the added DLC and probably for cheaper than the base game costs right now. But that's, I don't know if that seems to have gone, have have become less of a thing. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that's still quite common. I don't know how, I can't remember how common it was last year, but maybe that's like, that ebbs and flows depending on sort of where we're at in the console life cycle probably or where we're at in terms of anniversaries mm. or mm. just by chance um you know this thing is is now at the right age for for this i mean yeah i don't tend to play that many of those sorts of um those sorts of releases um i guess what, like just- the all-encompassing all the dlc one Style yeah things, yeah, yeah. I, I guess i don't know i guess because we play so many games anyway probably already played the game already mm. um so um they don't tend to be that attractive and i often am looking for the next game rather than going back to ones that i've yeah. already played although obviously yeah. I, I do still do that obviously metal gear solid i've already mentioned um but yeah i'm not i i don't know it's not that i have no respect for those games it's just I have they're not remakes in they are they are just products right they're ju- mm-hmm. they're just a new skew of an existing thing um just to make it kind of simple for the end user and also to make mm. the publisher more money but it's those yeah those ones we're seeing now that are modernizations of an original concept um and it doesn't have to be like a full on changing of the experience like in Final Fantasy 7 or Resident Evil 2 it can just be kind of taking the core and adding modern elements to it. Like Crash Team mm. Racing is a pretty good remake. Um, it it takes a, a lot of the original uh, mechanics. Um, it's crushingly difficult as well, just like the original was, mm. just compared to like Mario Kart and uh, other sort of kart games, like the Sonic kart games. Like it's much more much more involved than than that um there's a lot of mechanics going on with boosting and and drifting and mm. um sliding around corners um <clears throat> that make it quite difficult and if you're on you're if you're online playing against other people who are good at that like just good luck like you know the rubber banding and stuff makes up for that in no way yeah. whatsoever yeah um but that's that's got a that's got like a kind of a kind of mini battle pass system you don't need to spend any money but that's like kind of how you unlock stuff it's got mm-hmm. obviously all the online suite of stuff it's got cart and character customization um and it might sound like small things but it is just like quality of life extras that make the game feel a lot bigger and a lot more substantial and it feels like you're getting rewarded um you're getting those like dopamine hits literally probably is what's happening yeah but but yeah. it does but it does add a sort of sense of grandeur and well, it freshness. adds a persistence i think like it adds something outside of just here's eight races to race in succession and you know they're literally just on a list like it adds a it adds it fleshes it out it adds more to do and more to engage with yeah. and more to to do when you're not racing it's like oh there's all this other stuff for me to have a look at and spend time in this world um which yeah for people that like as with anything when you like something you you search out more of it and so that's a nice way of and it's reflective of of more modern gaming it's reflective you, people come to expect that kind of thing it's like well of course i can customize my car or of course i can I can unlock new things that then I need to go back and and uh, experience the game with these new things unlocked. So 
And that, do you think that, because, so as you were talking then, the, the notion of there being those online elements in particular, like that surely, the just the whole online experience has accelerated or has kind of motivated or even facilitated the existence of things like remakes because they can be just in terms of a digital distribution format. They can like you can remake a game and it doesn't need thousands or millions, depending on the property, of physical products that you need to manufacture and transport and store and distribute. It doesn't need that anymore. It can just be here's a remake and we're gonna put it on the one of the various digital platforms. And it's like it's done, right? And we can update it going forward and we can, you know, squash any bugs that accidentally come up and that kind of stuff. So like the, just just in terms of a, f- uh, a form and function thing, like the fact that you can now, it's now so easy to buy digital games, that just feeds into the, the whole thing of and makes possible remakes that perhaps weren't, ma- weren't possible before because it just yeah. wasn't viable, wasn't financially viable. Yeah, well, I suppose the Oddworld games are like that, aren't they? Mm. Newton Tasty and Soulstorm mean they have physical variations. Um, I don't know if Soulstorms are out yet, but physical versions are coming. Um, so, um, yeah, 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 definitely. Like the the more, yeah, I mean, so I suppose the more channels to market you've got, the more risk you can take, I suppose, on different kinds of games um yeah i don't know how how much more likely that's going to make full-on remakes of the sort of Soulstorm, but uh, and, and new and hasty but um well i guess resident evil was that wasn't it resident evil 2 yeah. and 3 were, yeah. were online only they weren't boxed i mean they they um, didn't none, i don't think these things happen because they can be distributed digitally but i think when if there's a conversation to be had and i'm sure there is at a publisher about okay so if we're going to do this thing what are what are the commitments well it's this much time it's this much you know person power it's this much budget and also at the end of it we then need to figure out all of these logistics it's like well you can remove all of that and that just i mean it has its own you know putting something on a digital platform has its own costs associated with it and you have to go through certification and and all of the rest of it but you don't have to uh yeah you don't have to literally ship something from one place to another which then makes like the physical the physical variations of them can then be kind of these collector's editions that uh kind of are then celebrated rather than just here's a disc in a box which yeah. is not very exciting yeah i still think that's that's down to an individual game uh case by case basis i don't know how big the resident evil 2 and t- 2 and 3 teams were or the resident evil 1 one but the resident but the final fantasy 7 remake that was a full on you know hundreds of people are making that that's that's not a and now we'll and now we'll just quickly yeah. release this thing on <laughs> PSN store next month. It's like well, this is like six year development or whatever. And however long part the next one. one, yeah, yeah, however yeah. long the next one's going to take. So that's a giant. Like that's as expensive as pretty much any game. Um, so then, and what's as this high thing coming out? Any game. Just and to put you on the spot, I'm asking you this very specifically because it's Final Fantasy VII. What's coming out in the summer? What's the kind of if? Because it sounds a bit like a remake of. That's too strong, but a re something remake yeah, well, of, well, of episode one, effectively of the Final Fantasy VII remake, which is yeah. So that's an updated convenient. version for the PS5. So if you've already got the PS4 version, you get the PS5 
upgraded pack, whatever that is, visual pack, mm. for free. And you also get, I believe, I know, no, you don't, you have to buy the extra content, I think. So the extra content has like UFI in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I remember you. So you can, yeah, you get all of that. But I believe, I believe, and you have picked me on but I believe that's yeah. a separate element. So I don't think that's woven into the original story that you've played i believe the uv right. stuff is separate i think i'm not 100 percent sure on that. okay all right but well, i think i shouldn't have asked um, yeah it's, it's an interest i saw the name and it's okay so now there's this whole other thing coming out before uh episode two and i know that's not how they're terming it but part two whatever yeah i mean um, i'll play through the whole out. thing again when it comes out on, when, sure. when the ps5 version comes out i'll play through the whole thing again I've, i was actually going to sell it after christmas but i've waited to um to have that um as as a as a whole new as a whole new thing um yeah i mean there are a bunch of games as well like as you were saying at the start like because we're now i think because gamers are older there's more nostalgia to draw from there's more history to draw from whether you've played ps1 era games or snes era games or or whatever before um yeah there's there is a lot of scope now to revisit some games of the past that are either you know outright classics like metal gear solid or they're kind of just slightly a level or two removed from that they might be a cult classic or they might be mm. like underappreciated gems in their time that the medieval become... the medieval remake i think was that the the playstation medieval remake mm. was that i mean that was never like a blockbuster hit but it was a game that had a had a cult following and that you know it's that i think that's one of those titles a bit like something like lost vikings or something it's like you if i were to hear the name i'd be like oh yeah i'd love to see what that how that has been reinterpreted or re remade or remastered depending on how exactly how it is that they're doing it so yeah there's definitely different tiers of like definitely different tiers of properties um that maybe that you know that that quite simply translates into how they get what the what the treatment of them is because yeah ultimately yeah. what's what can we expect from this really yeah because they're gonna have to have a certain level of sort of fame and mm. influence and love otherwise why would you go back and take an old property and remake it now for a new audience rather than just creating a new franchise from scratch that you can like market test and hit all mm. the boxes and stuff because i'm thinking like things like, i'd love to see legacy of kane soul reaver mm-hmm. back as as like the a full-on remake kane, i'd love to see as well that was amazing. yeah or like parasite eve the silent hill games as well when I, they, they <laughs> I, I wasn't really that into those when when they came out i was more like resident evil side of the fence mm. but i'd love to play a remake of silent hill now um and you know just see just see what that more that slower well and, and and that's that slower vibe um less interested in the characters but certainly the setting the setting of silent hill yeah. is always like such a cool setting that i think you could do a lot with now with a full-on you know resident evil 2 style like like degree of thought and recreation and um you know like love love for the love for the the core material yeah, yeah. but would see i wondered like is that a challenge that's one of those games silent hill famously you know was incredibly uh foggy you, the draw distance was very very short for a technical limitation reason and it was interpreted well and it was kind of factored into the 
the artistic vision of the game and made to be a a feature rather than a rather than a constraint or rather you know it didn't suffer because of it it was better because of it but is that one of those instances where that would be a difficult thing to recreate in terms of tastes and fashion now to have something that is incredibly well, you just you basically just can't see where you're going at any given time. Um, and, you know, is that like going yeah, to... Yeah. Would they have to chuck in something like, you know, Eagle Vision or or Batman's... Batman, yeah. ...vision or, you know, um, whatever, that kind of thing to make it palatable? Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I, I guess what you'd have to do potentially, if, if, if the decision was, okay, no, we can't just have fog everywhere... Um, people in the reviews are going to complain that the draw distance is <laughs> bad. Um, I guess what you'd have to do is you'd have to just take the core sensation of feeling like you're suffocating and it's claustrophobic and you don't have um, your, your senses are very limited. You just have to take that core essence and somehow translate that in an, in a way that would work for modern audiences. So it probably, yeah, it probably wouldn't be that you can't see five feet in front of your face, but there would have to be something where it, where you were limiting players ability to see in this case. Um, and that perhaps falls into like the reimagining category rather than a remake, because then you're, you're, you're using that source material and interpreting it in a different way. Yeah, you're trying to Yeah, you're trying to recreate the emotions mm. and the um the sensations as opposed to necessarily the exact game mechanics. Um again, yeah. although you would have to lean on a certain amount of game mechanics as well. Um but I don't think that would be too hard. Like it's just it's just the same game mechanics as a lot of other things, you know, limited resources, not having to know not not knowing where you're going all the time, having mm. um backtracking a lot to solve x y and z i mean you know that stuff's still very popular like the latest resident evil not even resident evil 2 and 3 but like resident evil 7 and what what it looks like with village as well like that's that stuff's still really popular so i don't think Mm. um i don't think that'd be an issue yeah the the issue would be intelligently recreating those emotions and i think that i think that's the key thing really because i suppose to go to bring it full circle back to Final Fantasy VII, like even though it's even though I was saying like the game is barely the same genre as the original, I think what it does do is it does play it does recapture it does like remake I suppose those emotions some of them that you had from playing the original like you still get that emotional connection for between 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 you and some of the characters it's still exciting in the same moments it's still like the the essence of sort of um injustice and fear and all of this stuff that you're sort of imbuing onto these characters that you're seeing are still the emotions that you still get and some of the emotions in in the combat even though the combat's very different there are some emotional elements that remain the same and that's sort of like tension and the risk and reward elements are still the same so um yeah, I mean, maybe that's what makes that so special, even though it's very different, is that the emotional core of the game is pretty similar. Yeah. And that, yeah, and that, I think, I mean, it's, it's not an emotional thing on this example, but with the things like the uh, LucasArts remasters of things like Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle and Grim Fandango, there is an element of recreating something to it's kind of a trick, uh, uh, like a trick of the mind. It's recreating something to be the way that you remember it 
when you think back on it because when you th- when i think back on those kinds of games Mon- the monkey island remakes are the same or again they're not really remakes uh remasters the monkey island games are the same because when i when i think back on those i don't remember them being like super blocky and you know only 16 colors and whatever it was um but when you play them you're like oh wow this really is dated you know in my mind for example the original monkey island game had speech in it because that's just how it was written so well that when i read it it kind of jumped off the screen and and then to go back and to play it and you realize that actually oh it's all silent um on the originals and but then the way that they're put together is it has the updated game laid kind of effectively over the top of the original and you can switch between the two whenever you want so that gives you a real kind of it serves as a nostalgia hit for those people that were there originally it also serves as a almost like a a history lesson for those that didn't play the originals and can kind of see how we used to play video games back in the day um but that has that say so it has a it has a an emo it elicits an emotional reaction but the game itself isn't necessarily like doing a different thing to hit the same beats it's just literally it's it's recreating that emotion by giving you the original and giving you something that is a bit more uh a bit more palatable to play 30 years later or yeah more or less um so to to sum up to to wrap up to define a remake then we've kind of established is something that is taking the original source material and uh artistically changing it or reinterpreting it or doing something with it that is beyond um beyond just what it looks like effectively it's not just it's not just that that remastering process it's something that fundamentally changes and and adds to uh the original and a remaster is I mean, what is it? As simple to say that a remaster is just what it looks like. A remaster is just a re-release, essentially. Yeah, with some graphical. Up- but then there are there are middle grounds here, aren't there? So it's still not perfect because Demon Souls <laughs> isn't a remake. I wouldn't mm. say, even though it's called Demon mm. Souls remake, it's it's more on the remaster side. Yes, there are differences that bring it that change some of the elements in it in in a meaningful way and in a good way. But mm. would that be in the same category as Final Fantasy VII Remake? Like, no, it's not. There's some, in- yeah, and there's a couple of very interesting things they did with that that I, re- I read about, about how Bluepoint, uh, they changed like some of the weapon animations, for example, but they still took uh, took up as many frames. So like the timing, it feels the same, but it looks different. It looks different. So like it's been remastered effectively, but it hasn't just been made to look pretty and oh now it runs in 4k 60 frames a second whatever it's like there is actual um additional artistic uh interpretation that's gone on here beyond just it being flung at them and then being told to make this look pretty on ps5 like it's it's far beyond that um so yeah that is a whole that's a whole other category in and of itself yeah so neat something up i don't know i don't know (laughs) there isn't one and it's because different companies use use the term in different ways and also Mm. different players have different expectations or different expectations different acceptance levels of what they consider remake and what they call a remaster uh and both of them both remasters and remakes while i think there's more value in the full-on remake there is definitely value in the remaster as well certainly if it's um yeah, or if it's hardware limitations, you can't play the original mm. 
game even if it's, even if you not that you can't play it it's that oh my god i have to go into the attic and get out the ps3 and set it all up mm. um it's a hassle it's much it's much nicer just to be able to say okay i'm gonna download it on pc or ps5 or whatever you're using um so it's it, yeah those are just like well quality of life all around they add the bells and whistles but they also make it easier to access whereas a remake is my mind a remake is something that actually changes pretty fundamentally what the like you're you're remaking the original idea really um yeah it's kind of of, yeah it's like a tearing down and then and literally a remaking a a rebuilding upwards and and changing things as you as you go so we've mentioned quite a few uh examples on both sides of that line i i mean undoubtedly with us we've probably missed some very famous examples that have done things very well and and hopefully people can let us know uh, let us know those because I'm sure there'll be some. Black Mesa is one that I think you you mentioned a while back. Um, so yeah, and uh, if there was one as of right now, if there's one remake that I would recommend, it is the is the Ghost and Goblins on Switch. I think if you've if you were put off originally because it was too hard, or if you've heard that just that's an incredibly difficult franchise to get into, that's a very good place to start. Um, and if you can get past level two, then you're doing better than I am. Thank you for listening. What are your thoughts on the value and the state of remakes, remasters, and reimaginings? Let us know on Twitter. We are at Indie by Design. And if you enjoyed the show and you would like us to reach more people, then please do take a moment to leave us a nice review on iTunes, as it really, really, really does help us spread the word. Otherwise, all the best, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>